Play Marana. Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. Uh, this on this episode, we'll be previewing all the upcoming round four action in the Eels' top three grades, um, as well as having a look into the round eight action in the Eels' junior uh, rep games. Um, so this week, I'm joined by Birdie. He's just getting his fantasy done. Forty. Hey boys, how's it going? Ham. Yep. And PM. Bye guys. Yes, I did say you, Bertie. You're cutting out, man. This piece of shit. You are, you are cutting out a bit, Hamish. At least for me, Sorry. Do we blame Ron for this? All right, well, let's let's dive straight into it. Uh, we'll get into the Harold Matthews preview, which is uh, the Eels in first position after their last start win, taking on the Dogs in seventh position at Belmore Oval at 11.30am on Saturday. Ham and Forty, do you want to take us through the preview of that? Uh, yeah, um, with the way the team's playing, full of confidence um, in attack, they're throwing a lot of offloads uh, against the Bulldogs. I know you just said their position, but I've forgotten already. Um, seventh. Seventh. Um, yes. So it should be an, uh, an easy win as long as they uh, stick to what they've been doing. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to add to that. They've been playing really good team football, uh, defending really nicely for their age group. And, you know, it's we've touched on it before, but it's not really a team full of stars, although there is obviously talent in the roster. But they're playing such a fantastic brand of team football, and that's why they've been dominating across the last, uh, what is it now, five, six weeks? Yeah, and they've, it hasn't been sort of like an overnight thing either with them. They've just been slowly building towards this confident um, side that they've... Uh, especially last week. You were, Yeah, you were down there, weren't you? Were you down there? No, I, I missed last no, week. No, you weren't. My father's birthday. No, uh... Yeah, they'll just yeah throwing off loads and everything, and they look really confident. So if they can keep um, that confidence and uh, play to that ability, it should be should be a good game out at uh, Belmore. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the team's grown as Jacob Arthur's grown in the halfback role, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, if for the people that have seen Jacob Arthur, um, his kicking action is just so weird. <laughs> like you, you watch him kick a it's ball. It's unique, yeah. He Definitely. doesn't look like he's a natural kicker, but he's such a good kicker. But yeah, ever since he's stepped up, um, I haven't, we haven't really noticed the other half that he's been with. So Well, they, they um, actually changed his house partner from uh, Samuel Loizu to Gabriel Kalache. Yeah, and so I'm not sure if that's something to do with it, but um, yeah, it's whatever's happened has been working because um, Jake has been doing really well, really guiding the side around well. So as long as he keeps doing that, um, this team should stay in first position for the rest of... The, well, they've only got two games to go. Yeah, so well, they we're in the back end of the, the season now, but yes. Yeah. So Jacob Arthur to be a replacement for Hayne, considering he uh, outperformed him in the preseason uh, <laughs> fitness drills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he'd have to... He um, burned a few first graders, actually, not just Hainsey. Yeah, the, the time trial I saw him run, I think he came about fifth. So, But you got to remember there's nothing of him. He's about 50 kilos ringing wet. He's actually, it's interesting because he, he's got a very light frame at the moment, but he's got a pretty broad set of shoulders and he's hot, He's shot up a bit in height lately. So it'll be interesting to see how he feels out in the next couple of years because Nathan Queer is one of those guys that was pretty pretty skinny early on, but obviously had the frame that we would grow into, which is now a good first grade frame for a halfback. So it's, it's one of those ones to watch, see how he goes um, on the gym side of things as much as the uh, footy side of things. Well, if he's anything like his old man, he'll be a fitness fanatic. Oh, and, um, he already is. <laughs> yeah. 
and and he uh, won't be able to take a joke. <laughs> or a very serious man. Um, all right, on to the SG ball, which sees the um, Dogs in seventh position again, taking on the Eels in eighth position, also at Belmore at 1pm on Saturday. Now, the Eels, uh, they've had plenty of issues uh, since that Panthers game, and uh, they really need to get some wins on the board to ensure that they are playing in the finals. I mean, we've we've spoken about it at to a point of exhaustion now, and that they're just making stupid mistakes, and it's it's both on a disciplinary basis where they're giving away silly penalties in possession as much as they are um, out of possession, and they're just not getting to their kicks, and it's killing them. They're turning the ball over so much in their own half in their own red zone that teams are just you know saying thank you, we'll take the points uh, you're putting on a plate for us. Yeah, so, and I think um, for them to win this game, uh, we need probably Stefano. You took command to step up off the bench. He could provide some great impact there, but unfortunately he's had a few handling errors there. But um, he needs to step up. I think the halves, both Tyler Field and Matt Smith, without um, Kyle Schneider there, he's been out there. F- he's been out for a little, little while now, and you know they need to take onus of this team um, going into the final series. And it looks like they will make the finals as long as as long as they just have to win one of these last two games. Yeah, it's in their hands. Yeah, you've had JP Noah, he's really stood up, so I imagine he'll have another big game. He, I think he scored a few tries against the Dogs um, in the past two seasons, so um, I'm looking for him to have a big game. I reckon he could probably score, nab a couple. Uh, Brent Barnes will step up for this one. I think um, uh, gained confidence as he was going into uh, playing more minutes last week, so this week should be um, really good from him, expecting... I'm not expecting a tries, but as long as he rucks the ball out well and does his job, that'll be the main thing for him. But yeah, I think those are the sort of Stefano, Matt Smith, and Tyler Field. Those are the three that need to stand up, especially against some uh, a dogs team with some fantastic names in there. Well, they've looked to have shifted a lot of their strike to the bench at Fields in recent weeks to maybe try and change the tempo of the game with Stefano, uh, Sam Hughes, and Dave Hollis, who has been on the bench the the entire time since he came back from a broken thumb. But they've got you know three monster forwards there that they probably look to inject into the game and maybe uh, sort of add energy. Yeah, yeah, keep up that energy because Valens Harris is a very good starter. So is uh, Matt Durian, Tess, or, or the whole forward pack. Um, very good starters. But yeah, there's, just... there's a lot of talent in the pack. Just that for whatever reason, they're just dropping the ball like really, really yeah. softly. And the thing is, when they do hold the ball, they're making meters and scoring tries whenever mm-hmm. they want. So. Yeah, it's it's all about um, discipline with this team, and as long as they complete, you know, even more than seventy uh, percent, which they haven't been doing, um, it should be they should win it. But I'm not holding out any hope for them. They're also facing some A-grade uh, opposition this week. We've got Justin Filo, who um, is a legendary pastry maker. Uh, 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 young young uh, Jacobs, Jack, young Jackson uh, Topinay, who is the uh, parallel universe cousin of Tapinay at the Raiders. And You've got Jacob Snowball once he gets going, yeah, just builds and builds and builds. He, yeah, once he, once he gets a little bit of momentum, watch out. And uh, Josiah Schaffenhausen is a, a bench superstar. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I had to. He's got a, he's got a bit of um, improv to his game, I think, Josiah. Right. Bit of, um, of beatbox, uh, not beatbox, what do you call it? A bit of improv, but he's also a, a, an efficiency beatbox. monster. It's he's, that, a, he's, um, a bit of, he's a bit of a scat man. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm a I'm scat? I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> the, 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 the dogs have just got some fantastic names on their bench. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well then, moving on to the Tasha Gales 
last start winners. Uh, big win over the Canberra Raiders. Um, so Dogs in 10th position against Eels in 8th position at Belmore at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. So that'll be the kickoff before the Harold Mats and the SG Ball. Um, we've got a, f- a friendly time this uh, time round, given that uh, a lot of the other clashes have taken place when other um, matches were, were also on. Um, but uh, they're, they're a long shot of making the finals. I think it's probably um, a mathematical impossibility at this point. But um, let's hope the girls dig in. Yeah, um, I just had a quick look at the dogs last week, and they also um, won their first game against the Rabbitohs, 44-20. to 20, So um, two bottom teams, Parramatta only on four points because they've had a bye plus a win. So um, both coming off big victories for themselves. It'll be an interesting clash because I'm, yeah, I'm not too sure about either team here. Yeah, I mean... We've we've spoken about it sort of when we we mentioned the uh, the women's NRL competition that's coming in, but it it's about getting the process right for these girls, and it's about learning you know on a week to week basis how to manage a game, you know where they've gone wrong in previous weeks and where they can improve, and sort of taking you know control of what they can control. So they've been, they've copped a few hidings against the A tier teams, and we talk about that sort of two tier division in this uh, competition. But this will be another good hit out for them where they're facing a team that's on paper at least, you know, in their sort of ballpark of talent and uh, and sort of effort. And on to the next match, which will be in the Women's Premiership, which is the women's equivalent of the ISP, which will see Cronulla Carringbar in currently in fourth position, taking on Wentworthville at no, in ninth position at 2pm at Sharks Academy Field. I can't say I've ever heard of Sharks Academy Field before. Um, but as we touched on, there hasn't been too much information about the women's premiership. Um, but Cronulla Carringbar went uh, that they won their first start match and went to, uh, got a hiding 72 to four against the Dogs. Um, so we'll have to see what that competition is going to pan out like. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't get much girl. better though. They've got Ruan Sims, Kayla Peck. I'm sure I'm missing a couple other um, representative caliber uh, female right. players <laughs> lining up for the the Cronulla, Cronulla Carringbar Sharks. It's going to be a, a tough hit out, I'd say. We talking more one-sided stuff, like oh, yeah. we've been seeing it, it, in the other be, girls' games, yeah. It's going to be like the, the first session of a cricket game, I think. <laughs> wow. I, 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 say, I say that half-jokingly, but there is a huge talent disparity in these competitions as they find their feet because of the fact that teams like Cronulla have done so much groundwork in establishing their women's competition and their development paths there. So, I mean, that's more power to Cronulla, but it's a matter of the other teams learning once again, on a week-by-week basis on the field and then on a on a macro level where you're looking at how you recruit and how you develop and, you know, how you sort of just handle the um, the overall development of these um, competitions. So it's going to lead to some lopsided scores in the first year or two of the competition, but that's short-term pain so, for long-term gain. So would it be better, you think, if the NRL centrally contracted all the girls and distributed them evenly amongst the teams to make the competition fairer? Or well, do you think it's better to, to be the way it is now and it'll sort itself out down the track? That, that's an interesting uh, question to pose. You could probably make an argument for a like a uh, like a quota-based system sort of where, given you look at the representative players, they get divvied out to all the different um, uh, fran- like the established uh, franchises. So the foundation franchises rather and that way the talent levels have at least a, a baseline sense of equality and then you can build around that but it, there's also the you know the sort of survival of the fittest approach that most sports tend to take for this sort of thing which is what we're looking at at the moment where 
the team that did the groundwork before profit the most early on and the others you know have to be a little bit of a copycat and go about doing the right things to to build their own structures to get to that point all right and then on yeah. to uh just remind me ham the flag it's taking place on the saturday as well is that correct or the sun flag is saturday, uh, on yeah, saturday yeah at at in Liverpool. that's the one Alright, so that'll see the 11th placed West Tigers taking on Eels um, in, I think they're in 10th position. Um, so, what what are the takeaways from here? Who can we rely on to step up? Um, your your man, uh, Reed. 40? That drop out there, 40? Sorry, I'm here, sorry, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I was, I was trying to get I'm you to come in on, on Reed Marnie. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm a little bit out of sync like the, our, our edge structures in the NRL at the moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, uh, Reed Reed is definitely going to be one of the central figures for the Eels if they're going to forge ahead in the um, the I was about to say the um, Holden Cup, but it's Jersey flag now. Uh, I I don't think they've been that bad this um to start the year. They were a little bit scrappy against Penrith. They were emphatic in their victory against Manly and Newcastle, one of the other heavyweights in the competition. And even with um a lot of personnel missing due to short and mid-term sort of injuries, they still gave them a real um, run for their money on Sunday. Uh, but uh, it's just about it's about playing good fundamental footy for this team, just like it is for Wente and for the NRL team and for the SG Ball. Uh, you control your own possession and you defend well and you're going to create the opportunities to win. And that's been an overarching issue for the start of the season for whatever reason. But uh, Reid Marnie's definitely one of the, the sort of the danger men for us uh, as far as on the Tigers tip sheet. Um, the hardest pairing of Brown and Tapari they just got to stay involved in the game. They, they, you know, because they are young halves pairing. One's just turned, one is turning 18 in June, and one is turning 19 uh, sometime this year. They, you know, don't always take control of the games like you could um, say they should. But that's just a learning process for them. Uh, aside from that, um, Ham, you probably say what Michael Tupo, Sean, Sean Kepi, if he's available this week, he might be battling in the clock for a, a, a nagging injury. Yeah, that's the only thing with um, Kep's foot. That's he. Will be probably the biggest problem for him, but um, I thought he's he's definitely stepped up this year, played long minutes. So um, if he does play, uh, as long as he keeps playing the way he does, um, I'm yeah, as long as everyone keeps playing the way they do, um, there's nothing wrong with this team. It's it is it is a young team. Um, there's only a couple of twenty year olds in there, I think. Oh, uh, Tupo, going, Tupo, Kepi, uh, Marnie. So he's what turning nineteen. Clifford, four... Dylan Clifford, yeah. Four, maybe five or six. Oh, and Austin Diaz will be um, turning 20. Yeah, some, so some of the like, fringe guys are 20, but yes, yeah. it's different. So it's only sort of like... Um, it's only a handful of players in his team, so they're not playing badly. It's just in the Penrith game, they that was probably their worst game of the year, um, but they didn't play... Uh, the halves didn't come into it, but since Reed Marnie's come back, they've just been a strong team. Um, and also you say... Uh, if they play well, but you also look at yeah, I always have to look at the opposition for these preview this preview stuff, and um, there's not much in the West Magpies. Is it no? It's the Tigers, isn't it? Yep, they're, they're the joint venture in this. In this yeah, group, yeah. <laughs> God, so many switches. Tigers in flag, um, West Magpies in ISP. That's that's, that's correct, one. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, you, you're looking at their team. Uh, Tom McKayley, uh from Queensland and Alexander Safarth, who I think is also from Queensland. Um, outside of those two, I don't think they really have much. So, you know, this this one should be a big win for our 20s boys, seeing as they've got the talent. So so as long as they keep playing the way they do, and it looks like they will. 
And yeah, for for the Eels, it's just a matter of keeping their head afloat through these opening rounds until they get back some you know pretty serious firepower. Uh, Hayes Dunster's a fantastic winger, but he's playing fullback at the moment because John Fenua has hurt himself somehow. I'm, I'm not sure what the time frame is on getting him back. And our second, or arguably our best fullback prospect for the grade is currently playing SG Ball because they're trying to make the finals in JP Nora. And then from there, you know, we're just going down this list. Uh, Mitch Butfield, one of our senior props, is out injured. Uh, what have we got here? Celesi Fainga. Steve Dresler, our, our number one prop, is probably, you'd, you'd argue, is um, coming back in a couple of weeks. Celesi Fainga, it might be back this week, might be back next week if, you know, uh, I'm not. You can come in from outside the team sheet, I think, for 20. So if if he makes his fitness test, he'll be fine. Uh, Tyrone Faulkner's back this week. Uh, who else we got here? Sione Fenua's John Fenua. Uh, uh, Oregon Kafusi missed last week for a personal matter. Uh, so we already mentioned JP Nora. Ethan Parry's been out for a couple of weeks with a uh, niggle. Um, and then going down, Vaya Tapa, who's one of our uh, backup hookers. Yeah, yeah, another dummy half there. We could have coming off the bench. Um... Substituting for Reed Marnie if he needs a break. So. Uh, Filio Otoikamano, who's the oldest of the Otoikamano brothers and is a very good edge prospect in his own right. He's been out for the entire season as he battles to come back. He's waiting for medical clearance to come back from a really nasty broken neck in the New South Wales 18s last year. Jamin Salmon. Jamin Salmon's <laughs> back, back <laughs> that's next That's a week. big one. And then um, um, PJ, PJ Vigalu only just came back. He's been carrying a, a hamstring niggle or a knee niggle, I think. Yeah. So they've been in the wars with a lot of short-term injuries. Like I said, it's about floating above the water, keeping your head up there and just, you know, getting the wins that you can get. And then you'll come good as the season goes on with the reinforcements. So, Forty, you were going to have something to say about uh, being a religious event plus the return of oh, that's, Jamie? That, that's right. I mean, I, I appreciate that Good Friday, um, Easter Sunday and the entire uh, Lent sort of um, calendar is very important to a lot of people. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying... You can hold off on fish tomorrow if you want, because we're getting salmon back next week, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you cook salmon? Just or remember, you eat Birdie. <laughs> uh, I mean, I suggest cooking most meats that you eat, Birdie. Yeah, unless you want sashimi. Yeah, and you got to cut it really fine, and then <clears throat> and then use, oftentimes use citric juice to give it that um, effect of cooking anyway. Yeah, think about, think about and meat on Good Friday, Friday, mate. Remember that. Friday. I told you, a potato baked man. Come on, you could do crumbed eggplant. You could do battered cauliflower. All this stuff Mac is and awesome. Cheese. I, I could have could have looked after you. Your boy was here to look after you, my man. The shops open tomorrow. Tuna fish cakes. Let's, let's okay. save it no, for no, the shops. Friday cooking podcast. Um, <laughs> on to the Mac, ISP. Mac is open. <laughs> West's Magpies in second position. I'm going to take upon the Wenty Magpies, who are currently sitting in 11th at 1.45pm. It's the curtain raiser to the first grades. Um, so, that West Magpies team has a host of uh, players with a lot of yes. first grade caps under their belt. Oh, I thought you were that team, yes. Sorry, I was talking about our team, which looks like a real bludger this week. Uh, trash. <laughs> the, the the West team is a pretty good outfit. I mean, that, and that's reflective in the fact that West have started the season strongly in the NRL and haven't had to call upon their depth due to both uh, a lack of injuries and then good form from guys like Robbie Rockow, who uh, Robbie Rockow and I always forget his name, the fullback slash Corey runner, Thompson. Corey Thompson, guys that are hitting above their weight at the moment, which means you don't need to you know call upon some of the other recruits. So that that's fantastic for West. Good job recruiting. Good job uh, starting the season. But uh, for Wenty, geez, that, that is rough reading. I, I said as much in my Team West Tuesday post on TCT, but 
that's a lot of reserve like reserve reserve graders. Uh, what what they say was that uh, Nathan Davis, Dane Akafalau, and CSI Avave would be the only three centrally contracted players to Parramatta there, I'd say. And there'll yeah. be a couple of guys that drop off the NRL extended team list that will flesh out the team somewhat, but that's only two or three guys at most. Yeah, no, I can't see him winning this one with uh, just the amount of talent that um, the Tigers have in their coming second, I think. So, um, yeah, they've obviously worked well uh, to create the combinations despite uh, only being the third round. So, um, yeah, it, even with the, what, two or three players that will drop back, um, can't see Wendy winning, <laughs> winning this one unless uh, the GOAT, Sam Gorman, steps up and scores eight tries and kicks all goals. Now, and, and to defend, I don't, I don't want to defend Wenty too much because at this point in time, they've promised so much over the last few years and delivered so little. But there is a bit of an injury crisis beyond just the guys being caught up the first grade. Uh, Andy Saunders is missing in action. David Gower's in first grade. Uh, Murata's in first grade. Uh, Penny Trepo's in first grade. Uh, Ray Stone's got a concussion problem, which is the second week is now missed, which is really unfortunate. Uh, I believe Anthony Lahu must be injured. Uh, and who else was the other guys they missed? Uh, Greg Lucia was out to round seven now with an ankle, in- ankle injury that he sustained in their loss to Newcastle. Uh, so they've they've got their issues depth-wise of injuries too, but it doesn't excuse some of the effort areas that they've been lacking in in the last couple of weeks. So this this will be a test for their character, but I'm, I'm predicting a pretty um, heavy defeat here, I think. All right, and moving on to first grade, oh, which will... Sorry, sorry before go, go 40. Before we go to first grade, we did have a, a question about which Wenty players have been um, standing out in the first few weeks of the competition. So, do you want to cover that, Ham? I mean, you will just run through who's caught our eyes. Um, yeah, I think Dane Okafalau has really stepped up, um, considering the poor form he showed towards late last year after coming back down from ISP to the 20s. He didn't really finish off the year that well with some poor defence, especially in that grand final. Um, he's really stepped up, had some strong runs. Um, oh, first, well, the good ones actually playing first or are yeah, in first or, grade or, this or week. In the extended first grade list, yeah. Murata's yeah. been very good. Very good. Dave Gow is evergreen as far as his form's considered. He seems to be just playing good football, uh, regardless of how old he gets. But and I think the ones um, other than that, you know, Ray Stone currently injured. Um, I thought he's been strong. He's really tried to set the tone, especially in defence. He tries to do as much as he can in attack. Um, but definitely his defence is where he's been able to shine, given the lack of completions when he was on the field. Um, not due to him. Don't get me any wrong. Don't get me wrong. Wasn't yeah, yeah. any of his fault. Um, I'm not saying that, Stony. If you're listening, please don't kill me. Don't kill him, um, please, Stony. Um, but yeah, he's just he was slaughtering people in defence, especially in that first game. Reed Marnie. Um, yeah. I know he's only had one game in the proper season of ISP, but... But there was two really he, strong pre-season games and the great game against Penrith. Yeah, he was my man of the match in that round one game. So, um, yeah, other than that, though, oh, good. I, I yeah, think for myself, Dane Ackerflower really jumps off out of that list. Like you, I was really, really disappointed how he finished 2017. Uh, his grand final... I mean, to be fair to Dane, he wasn't the only one that was you know left a little bit out of um, form to finish the season, but his grand final effort, he just got given a bath by the left edge of the uh, the Manly team. They just sliced for him for, you know, metres upon metres, and that was a really, really bad way for him to end the season. But he's bounced back, and he's, it's nothing flash, but he's just been fundamentally so sound. Uh, he's doing a lot of hard work. He's doing... He used to throw silly offloads, and now he's throwing good offloads, 
and most importantly, his defensive reading and application with his hit and stick and, and sort of when he shoots out and brings his wing with him has been so much improved, and that's really encouraging. So, I mean, I'm not expecting to be an NRL superstar by any means, but when you look at a young player after what you know, how they closed out that year the way he did, that's what you ask of him to come back as far as in the buzzword effort areas and, and self-improvement. So he's really caught my eye in that regard. But the other guys, Ray Stone, was being really good before he copped the head knock. Uh, Reed Marnie, uh, fantastic young hooker. I know there's some concerns over his size, but he brings a lot of energy, great vision to the role, and he, he's an energizer bunny in defense. Uh, Murad has been a, a rock-solid player for Wente for what, a year and a half now, two years. Um, he's a player I really hope gets a shot in first grade soon. Uh, he's obviously in the mix this week on the extended bench, but um, being named outside the 17 probably doesn't bode too well for him. Uh, and aside from that, I mean, there's guys that you know, Penny Tarepo, who played last week. T-Rex played last week. They're not really Wente players. Uh, Sam Gorman's another fantastic player that if he was two inches taller and five kilos heavier, would probably be an NRL player. Uh, but it, it's pretty slim pickings for Wente. But yeah, um, just back on Dane Ockerflower, I've been really impressed with um, his not only his reading in defence, but his reading in attack. Um, because of his size, he's rarely going to beat a player on his outside unless he uses that um, left arm fend. But he's been running a really nice unders line. Mm, yeah, good um, he really cuts back in really hard and runs hard, and he's actually got for a big for a man of his height. He's actually got really quick feet, and he catches some um, slower forwards just around that middle part of the field. So he's been running that line really well, and um, I know his younger brother Noel runs exactly the same line similar, yeah. and scores heaps of tries off it. And, yeah, so um, and, yeah, and, both of them know, do to, it really well. To to sort of not defend Dane, but you know, uh, add a, an addendum to this. If he had a proper left edge half out there he'd be looking a lot better. You know, oh, Wente, Wente are playing with guys that, you know, if you weren't uh, a New South Wales Cup or ISP or an RMC sort of nutcase, you wouldn't know who Zach Nichols or Puri Kuri are. You know, they're, like I said, they're reserve, reserve graders in any other team. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the wrap on the Wenty boys. Thanks, Gaz. Thanks, Gaz and Matter, for the, uh, for the question. Yeah, always, always happy to take questions on, guys. Thanks for that one. Right, and on to first grade, which we'll see at 4pm, the West Tigers, who are the home team, taking on the Parramatta Eels. Um, so just a couple of things off the top. There's reciprocal rights, so if you've got your um, tickets, uh, uh, you've got your members' tickets, uh, you can get in um, using those. Um, also, I understand that there's going to be uh, transports included in your ticket, given that it's the um, Easter long weekend. Um, and of course the show is going to be on just down the road so um, gates are open at 1.30 you can go and see the ISP take uh, on the Western Suburbs Magpies at 1.45 and then stick around for the first grade team at 4 um, just another thing to mention is that this is the Stay Kind round so it's an initiative that the Parramatta Eels have taken on with the Thomas Kelly Foundation um, the Stay Kind initiative is in the memory of Stuart Kelly, who was the younger brother of Thomas Kelly, who uh, was, um, well, I guess you'd say murdered in that uh, one-punch yeah, one attack. Punch. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, we all know Stuart Kelly's sad um, uh, story. Um, so um, the Stay Kind initiative will promote the prevention of self-harm and suicide by running campaigns that promote better communication, change behaviours and values for youth and the general community which is to be uh, achieved through ways, uh, sorry, achieved through awareness initiatives in homes, schools, sporting codes and the general community. Um, so 
Uh, they'll also be running a, a raffle um, during the day, so if you want to support that initiative, get down there and um, and uh, and buy a ticket in the raffle. Um, now, I did see on Fox Sports uh, either tonight or last night that we've they've got a special Stay Kind jersey, which is our regular kit, but just with Stay Kind down the bottom. Um, I'm not sure if they'll be for sale, but uh, they they're definitely for. Um, they will be wearing those in the match. Cool, that's nice. I'm pretty sure they auctioned them off. They did last year. Yeah, I, I, I imagine that there year, would be so. a post-game auction for sure with the proceeds yeah. going to the Stake Foundation. With the money going to the Stake yeah. Foundation, yeah. Yep. All right, and we'll just start. So West Tigers with two wins, first up against the Roosters and then also against the Melbourne Storm and then going down last week uh, in, um, you know, uh, much aggrieved circumstances uh, with the ref being demoted after blowing a penalty in extra time. Um, so they started the season 2-1, and one, uh, going up against us who are winless at this point. In our head-to-head clashes, Tigers have 14 wins, Eels with 20 and 3 draws. Uh, we've played 15 matches at... Uh, sorry, 12 matches at ANZ, with Tigers having 3 wins, Eels with the 9 wins. The last 5 head-to-head sees the Eels with 4 wins from 5, Tigers winning 1, which I think was the 2015... Uh, Easter Monday game, and then the 2017 results. Our last two clashes were a 26 to 22 uh, win over the Tigers in round seven, which was the Easter game, and then we also won in round 20 with Corey Norman kicking the crucial field goal to win 17-16. The match is televised on nine and also on Fox, and plus it'll be on a couple of radio stations. All right, and I'll jump straight into the team list. So there's a whole host of injuries. I don't, I don't think it's on nine, um, Hamish. I don't think it's on nine. I think it's only on Fox Sports. Been the Monday game. Is it? Sorry, I was reading off the um, the the Eels website, which says. Uh, okay. Why? Well, is it PM or is it the on the NRL app? And on the NRL app, it says live pass and Fox Sports. Doesn't say Channel Nine on it's there. Probably Hamish. Hamish always lies. Well, Leah, uh, go go and get your. <laughs> your Fox <laughs> subscription um, but I, I, I just copy pasted that off channel um, uh, off the NRL uh, website right. but, Every, but everyone gets one Hamish and we've had a few guys use their one for the podcast this week so <laughs> yeah um, I... but we'll touch on that at the end <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry I just pulled that straight off the NRL website so if that's incorrect uh, go out and get a Fox uh, sports subscription or even better go down to the pub or again even better go down to the game um, but let's go through the team list, which sees Will Smith at the fullback with French injured and Hain out injured. And, of course, Gutherson still uh, trying to return back to first grade from his ACL injury against the West Tigers in that um, round 20 match last season. Uh, then making his Eels debut on the wing is George Jennings after having played five matches for the Panthers back about two years ago now. And he'll be playing on that right edge outside of Michael Jennings in centre. On the left edge, we'll see Kirasami Avaar playing at centre and Josh Hoffman playing on the left wing. In the centre pairing, we have Corey Norman and Mitch Moses. At starting props are Dan Alvaro and Tim Manor, with Dan possibly moving back to the bench, as has been recent um, history in the last two matches. Then in the nine, coming into the team is Kayser Pritchard in favour of... Uh, Cam King, who slips back to 18. Then in the second row position, left Manu Mau, right Tepe Maroa, and then locking it all out is Nathan Brown after his 200-metre performance last week. In the 14s, Bo Scott, 15 Ken Edwards, 16 Penny Terrapo, 
makes his first match for this season. And Tony Williams, after playing his last game in 2008 for the Blue and Golds, will again be playing in the Blue and Gold. Um, Prozhenko got that incorrect. He's not making his club debut. He's already played a fair few matches for us, but only on the wing. Um, then again... Uh, I mean, then... to, to be to be fair, you don't really play a game of in a role rugby league until you actually play in the forwards, bloody backs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, now, in the 18 is Cam King. 19, Sui Matangi falls off the bench. And 20 is Dave Gower, who might be playing for Wenty and who's been a stalwart for them. And Birdie's man in the 21, Marate Neakore, Hakuna Marata. Yeah, the boys. Finally, <laughs> all those tweets, you know, it pays off. You know, this is a lesson in Twitter. If you want something to happen, you just got to tweet it about 10 times. <laughs> Every week. Yeah, well, Tag everyone in it. All right. You get it. You get a few retweets too. I always retweet it for you, Bertie. And on to West Tigers, Corey Thompson at fullback. On the wings, Nofaluma and Malachi Wateni Zalesniak. In the centres is Eastland Masters and Kevin Nagama. Uh, Benji Marshall has overcome an ankle injury to start in the six with Luke Brooks at um, seven. Uh, Benji's going to captain this game. They've got five that they rotate through, one every week. Uh, starting props are Packer and Madalino with Peter Godinay at hooker. And then in the second row is Chris Lawrence, Robbie Rockow and former eel Matthew Eisenhuth uh, well junior eel Matthew Eisenhuth locking out um, and then on the interchange bench is Matt McElrick, uh, McElrick however you want to pronounce it as the interchange hooker <laughs> F- former eels Alex you, you, Twow you got, you, got, you got a mulligan on this and you still managed to do it <laughs> number 15 <laughs> is Alex Twow former eel who went to the West Tigers last season and Josh, Josh Garlic Sauce ally eat Al- fuck. Alloy. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the 16 is Michael Cheekham. So from that, it looks like Josh is probably going to be playing a middle forward role, um, considering Michael Cheekham's more of a second row slash centre. Um, and then on the reverse, uh, reserve bench, they have Tyson Gamble, who would come in for Benji if he's not able to play. Uh, Tui Lolahia can also play in that six role or at fullback, which I think is his preferred position now. And then Tim Gramp, Grant and Jacob Little. So, um, how do we see this panning out? Gritty, uh, uh, tough. I don't know. Like this seems like a real grafters game here. Uh, the Tigers have been superb in their hustle and their application in defence. Uh, they restricted both, you know, the Roosters and the Storm, who were, uh, you know, understandable Premiership heavyweights, to what under ten points. And um, even the Broncos, who you know got away for controversial win, did it on the back of. Uh, uh, seven, was it seven or nine? I, I forget. Nine. nine, a nine-point victory. Nine points. Yeah, so that is not a scoring you see very often. I'm winning by uh, winning on a nine-point uh, differential or not differential, but score there. So they've been amazing in defence. So that's going to really challenge our boys who have been all out of sorts um, in their offensive synchronisation. But conversely, they have attacked pretty poorly. Uh, despite our you know abysmal start to the season, we still average more points per game, don't we? Is that right? More, tri- more, more tries, tries more tries, yeah. One, yeah. one point okay. three compared yeah, yeah. to one. It's, it's, it's only a small sample size. No, well, it's a tiny sample size, but yeah, it's just one of those weird dualities there. So it's going to be a real tough game, and we got to, it, it's going to be a danger game because you know, they're going to defend and, and make us get frustrated. And once you know you get frustrated, opportunities open up for the opposition. So you got to keep cool 
and stick to the structures that worked for you know what is it now since uh, since we came real good in 2016 you know, under pressure so it's been two years now and he's got to get back to what makes us a good team uh, and I especially this, West Tiger sorry sorry you go Hamish no you go Hamish it's fine I was going to say West Tiger's scramble defence has been superb especially last week uh, they they had about 30 or 40 missed tackles but somehow only conceded two line breaks against some, the Broncos someone was always turning up despite the missed tackles yeah the guy would miss the yeah. next, next man comes up um, it, it reminds me of, of our defence once, you know, we got our shit together in 2016 and 2017. You know, you, you just come up in a wave, and if the first guy misses, there's going to be two or three more pushing up to make the tackle to save that guy's boshes. So, and that that's a pure effort thing. That's just about wanting to do more than the other guy in the opposition. And, when, when, you know, that's what we've got to get back to, and we did against Cronulla. We had one line break conceded, you know, in a game where we had 40% possession. So that, that's a pretty good start, getting back to our roots on defence. I will say this, though, is that in last few games, well, last few games, ever since the Bastards been around in West Tigers' colours, James Tedesco has found, found a way to just slice us open once or twice a game. And he'll it'll be good not to see him cutting us up through the middle or out wide for once. So he, he's often been one of the, the balancing factors in those games. I think last year he scored that stupidly good try where he went through the middle and embarrassed Semi uh, down on our left edge. And, you know, Rodriguez got, you know, run around in a circle uh, before Tedesco dragged him over the line. So hopefully that, that is a, a big factor in our, in our favour, even though the Tigers have done a pretty good job uh, patching over the hole left by Teddy. And PM? Yeah, I was looking at looking at some stats coming into this game, and, and I know we've um, we've lost three and they've won two out of three, and but we're pretty even in most of the stats. So tries per game... It's only 0.3 difference we're ahead there. Penalties conceded is identical. Errors are pretty close to the same. Tackles are pretty close to the same. Line breaks are pretty close to the same. But there's two that are stand that stand out to me, and that is run meters per game. The Tigers are making about 270 more run meters per game, and offloads 17.3 per game. Where 6.3. What are, what's the possession rate difference That's a, if you have that on you? Because we got Hammond. I don't, I don't have that in front yeah, of me. We got Hammond, we got Hammond last week and the week yeah, before. Yeah, Manly, we? that's right. Yeah. We had no ball in both those games, which is a, a big factor in, in overall meterage. Yeah, it's, me, well, the bit that's got me, though, is the offloads. Because I thought last year, some of our best attacking phases were off the back of second phase play. And this year, we don't seem to be... Whether it's a confidence thing, we're not looking to get the offload away, or we're just not making the meters in the middle to get in a position to play the offload game. And that's the thing that, yeah. this week, I think I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's, it's our forwards aren't winning the battle. I think this week it's time for it to happen. I think our forwards can get out there and win the battle, and I think the injection of some new blood into the team and a bit of extra enthusiasm might be just the catalyst to get us moving, I think, this week. I, I, can't, I know it's going to be tough and it's going to be gritty, but I can see us scoring two or three tries this week. And and the the Tigers will probably get one or two. It's going to be a close game, I think. You know, 18-16, 18-14, something like that. But I can see us getting it over it. And if you have a look at our draw then, for the next four weeks after this, we could get on a bit of a run if we do get the confidence from this win. The Panthers have out Cleary, then the Raiders who are struggling as well. Sea Eagles again, but this time it's at ANZ. And the Tigers again after that. So this could be the catalyst. And what I think the team's got to look at is... Get the win here, get the confidence, and then move forward. It's hard to look too far ahead, but everybody's saying that we're losing the battle in the middle of the park, and that's why and that's why our halves aren't gelling. And I think that's probably right. I think 
if we can get the forwards running forward, and Murata's got to have a go. Birdie's Birdie's boy, love child, has got to have a go. He's got to get out there. He's got to get in this in this seventeen this week. Because rugby league is a set point for all the fancy block moves and set pieces. League is a simple game. You win the middle. You earn the right to go sideways and yep. attack, and that's that's where we've gone wrong for the last uh, two and a half games, barring that the opening to, um, yeah. half against Penrith, where we looked like we were in mint 2017 form. Uh, just to add some clarity to the numbers that you threw up for overall meterage, in their last two hitouts, yep. uh, this I, I couldn't actually believe this number, but uh, the the Tigers had 64% possession to Melbourne's 36% possession, and against the uh, Broncos, it was a little bit less uh, in their favour, 46% to 54%. Uh, on contrast, we had that 40% game against Cronulla last week, and I mean, it's going to be hard to see a team having small possession in this across the entire course of the season, but against Manly, we had 31% of the ball. So they had 69% um, in that game where they put on 54 points unanswered. So that's going to be a, a pretty hard bench or benchmark, low, a low mark to, to top for the rest of the competition. Yeah, I think we just got to get closer to 50% possession. Oh, if we can get close to 50% possession, we've got enough firepower to beat the Tigers. And the Tigers are having a great season, and I don't want to take anything away from them, but I still think that we're probably still a rung above them when it comes to talent on, on the pitch. And uh, and But we've got to win the middle, as you said, for we've got to win the middle 50, first. 50% possession, 80% completion rate. They're the magic numbers. Give yourself a sniff with the um, the actual holding of the ball, um, or having it, you know, the, the possession of the ball, and then from there you get 80% completion. It'll let you do the attacking sets that you want. You know, you're going to start winning the field position that way. Um, yeah, I was just going to go back to your point about the offloads, PM. Um, I haven't really looked at the games because I don't want to watch a, a loss <laughs> again uh, after watching it at the ground. But um, it is an interesting point: uh, less offloads and playing off the back of offloads I think the easiest way to get an offload is making sure in the middle you've got players either side of you and you've got options um, to put, to make those short balls which keeps defences off which allows an offload um, our forwards have lacked a bit of atti- uh, lacked a good attitude and lacked a bit of um, cohesiveness so I'm wondering if that is a reason for the lack of offloads is because we haven't had players pushing up in defence so the players have been able to gang, be, be gang tackled um, which will prevent offloads with more players in the tackle so yeah it, it's it's a very good point that um, you make there with the offloads because uh, we do have the outside backs to capitalise on um, either a quick play of the ball or an offload but that can only come if the forwards are doing their job and backing up every single play to attract defenders in and on that point, injecting Kayser, that might uh, help with that, that role because uh, whilst we love Cam King, he did a great job towards the back end of last season. Uh, with those couple of head knocks he's sustained, sustained this season um, and all the defensive pressure he's been absorbing in the middle, uh, moving off our line and getting our set started from dummy half probably hasn't been a strong suit. Um, but perhaps having Kayser in and around the ruck doing his quick dummy half uh, darts, picking up you know, 10, 15 metres, metres and putting the defence on the back foot, um, that might be one of the reasons for his injection. Yeah, I, I agree there. I think the amount of defence we've had to do because we've had to have possession, it's taken King out of the game a bit out of dummy half. I've noticed his service as the game's gone on has got slower. He's done less running out of dummy half. Because he's, he's probably exhausted from all the defence he's had to do. 
So if we just get fifty, as I said, fifty percent of the possession and do less defence than we have to, it won't matter whether it's Kayser or King Nair. You're going to get better service out of dummy half. You're going to, which the play of the balls haven't been ridiculously slow. It's I think it's been the service from dummy half. If we can just get that right, then we can start to get a roll on again, like we did the back end of last year. Yeah, like um, you all know what I feel about Murata. So like you know, he's 188 centimeters, 102 kilogram wrecking ball. You know, him off the bench can be. Very well, for, very good for us, you know. And then you got Tony Williams. You what know, size are his undies, Birdie? <laughs> and then you got Tony Williams. You know, you know everything else. I'm sure, he is. He's not going to be stopped <laughs> that well. Like it's going to be very hard to stop his momentum. So he can like get ten, you know, ten yards per run. You know, like so. And you got Kesa after that. You know, with those quick darts out of dummy half. So it's going to be like, I, you know, we just need. I said this in the preview pod that we had energy in defense. We need energy in offense because Nathan Brown was the only one that was running straight, hard, and fast. No one else, you know, they're taking their time, waiting for contact. We just need players to just run it straight, you know, as you say as a school kid, run it straight at me. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> run at me, bro. Run at run me. Run it straight, bro. And if Morano doesn't play, well... But I think I'm going to start drinking because, you know, it's going to be a big tease. All this momentum, you know. You need an excuse? Do you need an excuse, Bird, to start drinking? Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, um, that's another good thing with um with the bench. You know, uh, we've got... Well, Murata, I'm not too sure if he'll play, but, you know, if we talk... Let's just talk about for the 17 for a second. Um, Terrapo and Tony Williams. Um, Terrapo is absolutely fantastic in defence. I think I read on uh, Cumberland Throw... That he was averaging ninety five percent, or you know, not some, something absolutely ridiculous in his tackle efficiency, which for a, for a, the, a man the way that he plays is unheard of because he's a kamikaze in attack. And uh, last year and sort of the year before, he really fixed up his handling issues, which play, which have been an absolute. Were, he was woeful at it. Let's be honest. Um, he was absolutely terrible at holding the ball, but he's he's um, saved it. He saved. Ah, fuck! I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> trying to talk too fast um yeah he's he's uh stopped that now and he's running hard so he'll be hard to tackle and then tony williams i think he might be uh when i say the biggest obviously kane evans is the tallest but i think tony williams would be the heaviest and sort of the biggest overall in size at the club and um he's actually looking pretty good when he ran out for wenty last week um I was surprised by how the Jews looked at him because the white doesn't look good and you only have to look at Vave for that. Mm. Um, but yes. Yeah, it's not a flattering jersey if you've got a few um, If you've got a few kilos, no. Yeah. Georgie Rose found that out when he played for the Dragons. Oh, um, but yeah, so he, no, he, he looked good and I'm, I'm interested to see. I hope he plays in the middle, uh, Tony Williams. I, I, I assume he will with the makeup of our bench and everything. But, um, yeah, if he plays in the middle there, I think... That was that'll probably be his best position because when he was playing for Wenty last week, come on played the middle. He looked like a powerhouse. He went out on the edge and he sort of it was a bit lazy. Yeah, yeah, a bit lost, a bit lazy. I thought so. Um, yeah, I hope we play him in the middle and he, he brings that. It's only one game I know coming off an ACL injury, but I think he ran uh, twelve meters a run. Or something like that. Yeah, and half of them ten, were post ten runs, one hundred and twenty-two meters. So twelve point two meters a carry, which is ridiculous. Anything that's any like near ten meters is fantastic, and anything above that's ridiculous. And um, the most the most telling stat was of those one twenty-two meters, fifty-nine came after contact. So pretty pretty solid outing. 
Just on T-Rex, his last outing in first grade for the Sharks. Well, his only game last season in NRL, um, given he did his knee uh, playing for Tonga, um, was against the Tigers, and he came on, and I thought he turned that that match um, back then. Uh, so, fingers crossed we can get something else similar out of him. Um, there he, was two other things... Sorry, go. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, he's probably the most intriguing addition to our bench, because a lot of fans have been crying out for more size in the pack, and it's a very valid point. You know that I know that the team did very well last year as the underdog. You know, sort of coming into each each game through the middle uh, of the field. But if T-Rex can play, it doesn't have to be to his potential. If he just plays a good game or a decent game, he can be a difference maker in the middle for the Eels and establishing a little bit of go forward, which like, is what we. It was need. like last year with Frank Pritchard. You know, he came on for like 20 minutes in his first game, and like he was always on the bench. So, but he was more out wide. While T-Rex is better, I reckon he's best suited down the middle, so he's going to help our props out a lot. So, yeah, it's very similar similar size to uh, Frank Pritchard from last year, and yeah, hopefully he has a great impact, you know, for the team. Okay, there's just two other things I want to touch on before we go, because the footy's about to start. We're recording on Thursday night. Um, so the first thing is yardage from our outside backs uh, needs to be a lot better. Um, over those first three weeks, uh, we really struggled in getting that field position because uh, we've had French, we've had uh, you know Hoffman, and um, also other R to an extent, just not making meters or dropping the ball. Um, so really, I really hope that George Jennings can sort of uh, help alleviate that. And plus, having Will Smith at the back, we know that he uh, has no fear when he carries a ball back. I mean, part of that is obviously the semi factor. He did so much for his team. The start sets off, and it really sucks that we lost him in like just that uh, capacity, let alone his game-breaking ability. Uh, I think George Jennings will do a, a pretty solid job there. I, I wouldn't call him a powerhouse winger by any any um, extent, but he's got good size, mid-180s, uh, floating around 100 kilos, I'd say, and he doesn't shy away from the dirty stuff when it comes to all the winger work. Um, you know, He's not going to be a game-breaker for us, but I think he'll do a very tidy job, and um, part of that will be rucking the ball out to start our sets. Yeah, he's pretty quick out dummy half. You know, I watched Wenny last year. That's when I first met or first watched Murata, and that's when it all began. But when I first saw George Jennings, that's, I that's noticed was, yeah. he was quick, but he's not like Michael Jennings quick. He's like quick out of dummy oh, half, yeah. you know, so yeah. he can get like eight metres out of dummy half quickly. So that's what we're lacking this year. If you look at Penrith game and you look at the Tigers game, their backs, like Sosia Fecky was unstoppable out of dummy half. Mansour was the same. So, like, our, you know, our wingers had to like, you know, they're going to they're gonna show a bit of energy out of dummy half. It's all, it all revolves around energy. We have energy, we're going to win the game in both offense and defense. And the last thing I wanted to touch on was uh, the halves play uh, in the opposition red zone. Um, we had a couple of sets on Sharks line last week, and, you know, we, we discussed it last week that it was probably a short 10 for both teams, um, plus probably a bit of leeway in the ruck with uh, the interpretations of how long are you allowed to hold down? Um, but especially our forward uh, block plays uh, where the lead runners are just getting in everybody's way. The, the whole thing's out of sync. And Corey Norman and Moses are having to... Well, first of all, they're skipping sideways across the ruck. They've got to dig in, um, start running it straight, taking the ball to the line, and you know, be not be afraid to, to take a shot. But on that, they've got to have the forwards running forward to to actually uh, sync up the plays, and then they can start playing that out the back. But they've they've really got to dig in and have a go. Uh, they've they've got to fix up their long kicking game to kick to spaces, um, and and they've got to stand up and guide this team around. 
Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely correct because I said it before, but it, the solution to fixing our issues is very simple. And it's just fundamental footy. It's the same issue that plagued SG Ball and the same issue that plagued uh, ISP at the moment. It's just get forward through the middle and then you can start taking your shots on the edges. And like you said, there's there's deeper facets of that when it comes to the long kicking game and um, how you sort of work your edge structures and, and the different variations you have on that. But Parramatta just need to and to play and take something from Birdie. It's about effort. And, you know, you roll up your sleeves through the middle, get yourself into the contest, get that 50% possession rate and get that 80% completion rate or anywhere near that, and you're going to give yourself a real shot of beating most teams. All right, well, I think we might wrap it up there. Um, now, just one word. Um, obviously, the, the recording we did earlier in the week, uh, you would have noticed that Ham's uh, audio was a bit soft. The reason being, just to give you guys a bit of background, we record through Discord in that everybody just has the chat through Discord, sort of like Skype that you just all plug in, and then each of us records on our local machine, and then they all send it to me, and I splice it up and put it together. But unfortunately, Ham's machine swallowed up the MP3, so I just had to try and boost it from Ham's audio. So we apologise for that. Yeah, Sorry about boo that this one. man. Boo this man. Boo. Please. <laughs> Please um, hate me. <laughs> but uh, that's why we've re-recorded, because we actually did the two on Tuesday, but uh, we decided that in the interest of getting something that actually you'll be able to listen to, we'd re-record. Um, so production that values. puts that one in the bag for this um, week. Um, let's go to Plugs Birdie on Twitter at... Bevan Heaven one and... Um... So, for the NFL fans out there, 30 days to the draft, and my beloved Cowboys will be hosting it. So, yeah, it's you know, less than a month now to the draft, and you know, before you know it, the new season will begin. That's it. And sorry, on to you, 40. Is this me? Uh, you cut out. Is this my turn? Yeah, to plug? on to you, it's 40. To plug, yep. isn't it? Yeah, it's a plug. Uh, you can catch us at Eels TCT on Twitter. Uh, catch all shenanigans from Mitch and Chris as they keep you up to date with all the happenings in the NRL and other codes sometimes. Uh, always uh, see us at thecumberlandfro.com and that's where we have all our awesome articles. Uh, today, from the stands, Keeping the Faith is um, our associate contributor Shelley's uh, new offering. Uh, Team was Tuesdays up and there's a ton of analysis breaking down where it went right and where it went wrong in that 14-4 loss against Cronulla. And there's going to be a, a stack of stuff coming across the weekend with the junior reps the jersey flag, and then the doubleheader as far as ISP and NRL is concerned on Monday. And Ham? So, <laughs> uh, you can catch me at uh, on Twitter at, uh, at HamSamich22, and my uh, Sydney band for this week is a band from the Northern Beaches, Ruffle Feather, one word, Ruffle Feather. I've heard of them before. Uh, you can usually... Yeah, but that was the pod that I stuffed. <laughs> Birdie's a psychic. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you can usually catch them down at the old uh, Manly Boat Shed or the old Bodie. Manly um, Boat. People on the on the northern beaches uh, would know that little spot very well, uh, but they sometimes travel across a couple of bridges and playing in uh, in town. So yeah, they're a good uh, rock psychedelic band. So yeah, check them out. And PM, um, uh, first of all, from me, thanks for the delivery of that jersey. I love the the blue um, in the, um, the the throwback to the '86 jersey. It's fantastic. So they were 153, um, inclusive of delivery. Para podcast code. Yeah, if you use the para podcast code, that's sportfirstnambucca.com.au. We've also got some jackets in this week too. The uh, zip up jacket the with the eels, like the players. But yeah, with the hood on it, the players have been wearing them in some of the. Um, press conferences during the week so 
Jump on there then, 99.95, and use your discount code to get 10% off that as well. Sportfirstnetbucket.com.au. I've got to give a shout-out to the guys over at League Unlimited, the para fans on there. A lot of them listen to this podcast every week. So good day, guys, all yours, Gazza Matter and the rest of the guys. Yeah, yeah. So keep listening, guys, and give us the feedback. We love the feedback. And, yeah, any questions about regarding the juniors or ISP, always happy to take them on the podcast. All right, and lastly, just before we go, final thoughts and predictions. Birdie, uh, we we winning this week. Who's going to score a try? I like Kerbass Marana playing, so, you know, um, I'm thinking para... You know what? I'm thinking a high-scoring match, Parramatta, no. 30-6. You know, everyone's oh. expecting a close match, and, you know, they're going to be rising. You know, it's going to be a grinding match, but you know what? Go hard or go home, so I'm thinking. A first try scorer. George Jennings on debut from Michael Jennings' assist. And 40. Uh, Birdie, Icarus flying too close to the sun once more for his predictions. Uh, I'm going to go closer. I think I said 15-14 originally before Ham made us redo this. I'm going to say 16-12, I suppose. I got, you've got to back the team to win. You've got to get them break, uh, break this duck egg. Um, I'm going to go the opposite of Birdie for first try score. I think uh, Michael's going to dummy to his brother and slice the line from close range and go through. And, uh, yeah, so it'll be a little bit of sibling rivalry there as Jenko scores um, the first try of the day for the Eels. And him? Uh, yep. Um, point, I've got first try scorer first. I'll go Penny Terrapo. I think you'll start the game over Daniel Alvaro, who dropped to the bench. So I reckon Penny Terrapo for first try. And 20, 22 for the Eels. And eight for the Tigers. It's going to be a while before we get points on the board, is that right? No, Terrapo's starting, didn't you hear me? Oh. He said, he said that Alvaro's <laughs> going to come back to the bench like he usually does on um, the game day shift. Okay, all good. And, and on to PM. Yeah, uh, first, well, we few of us have been on Cameron King for first try for a while, and he's tried his guts out trying to get over the line. Now, Kayser's in there in the number nine this week. Maybe Kayser will get over the line. He'll sneak one underneath, and he, he might score the first try. And I'm thinking about 18 points to 14. The Eels get the victory, I think. All right. Well, my tip, I'm going to change it from Tuesday night, but I'm going to see Mitch Moses throw a lovely faceball to Will Smith and actually link with him this week to get in um, and leave Corey Thompson well out of position. Um, Eels to have a win. And um, using my favourite uh, NFL podcast uh, around the NFL, um, I'm going to lock it up for the Eels win, first one of the season. Fingers crossed. Stone cold, lock of the season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps us up for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and um, enjoy your Easter long weekend. Drive safe, don't drink too much, um, or do what you want. I'm not your boss. Um, <laughs> it, is double, it is double demerits, though, so don't goof around on the road. Yeah. You exactly. Lose that Call an Uber. Yes. Some of us will work on Saturday, but, you know. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks, guys, from from all of us here. Enjoy your long weekend and enjoy the Eels on Monday. Cheers. See you later. Sayonara, boys. Gather Eels. Click Gather Eels. Play the theme song. Play the Bye.